Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Carrie Lung, with special guests Maya Whitmont and Clyde Curley. We recorded this back in July in Port Townsend, Washington. My old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, starts our Colorado tour tonight, August 10th, in Boulder. Come on out, and if you're not in state, tell your Colorado friends that we're coming through. You can find more info at tallpoppystringband.com shows, and make sure to follow us on social media for updates. That's enough business for now. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Carrie Lung. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you very much. And special guest accompanying fiddler, <laughs> Maya Whitmont. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what was that tune? What did we just play? It's called The Third of July. Amazing. Where, where is it from? I've never heard this tune before. Well, I learned it from Greg Canote in his string band class, oh, but great. the original source is the Red Brush Rowdies. Red Brush Rowdies. Cool. That was a really fun chasing you around, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy parallel harmony playing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's always fun when there's two people who are trying to do it at the same time and me like, oh, I wonder if I can go the other direction. Go the other direction. Yeah, yeah that yeah. game is fun. It is. Yeah. It's my, one of my favorite games, actually, yeah. is to chase it in that way. Not to, I'm not to play the melody, but to find some other way of creeping in and playing the melody too, yeah of course also yeah well that's very relatable to me mm -hmm. i like um i guess sort of non-committal roles yeah <laughs> in playing old-time music yeah yeah so i've been back on the west coast for uh since 2018 mm -hmm. and i've been interviewing everyone in oregon and washington slowly making my way through uh, the entire old-time community, and your name keeps coming up as someone who I should talk to. Um, yeah, it's Carrie Lung. To, to the extent that when we sat down yesterday to a jam and you introduced yourself as Carrie, I said, which Carrie are you? Right, there are other Carries, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, just, just the other day I was 
interviewing Alex McLeod, and he said, oh. "You should, you should interview Carrie. He has stories, <laughs> and he has things to say." Yeah. Uh, so here we are, <laughs> story away. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. When when did you start playing mandolin? Started um, my. Uh first year in college in Portland. I was going to Lewis and Clark. Oh, very and, good. Um, and quickly switched over for lack of money to uh, Portland State. Yeah. And uh, and I bought my first mandolin there. Bought a little potato bug mandolin. What mandolin. does that mean? means it's uh, like a sow bug or a little a round back, a bowl back mandolin. Oh, the yeah. The kind yeah, yeah. that are, are impossible to hang on to. That um, look like the yeah, they, people call those bugs different things. We call them potato bugs out here. Uh -huh. Other people call them roly polies. Yeah, I guess. maybe a roly poly. Yeah. yeah. No. Or aren't they? I thought that was a different bug. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. It's. Anyway, I spread a lot of misinformation <laughs> on this show. And well, this was a this was a Japanese Suzuki mandolin. Okay. Was, yeah. yeah. So um, so that was my first instrument. Yeah. Instrument. Why why did you purchase that mandolin, or any mandolin? What inspired you to do what that? What did I? Why did I choose it? It was random. It was in a. It was in a hot shop or in a in a pawn shop that I found it, and um, I didn't really um, know which instrument I really wanted to play at that at that point. But it became. Uh, I mean, later it, it became evident that that's what I wanted wanted to do. Um, but yeah, that I mean that was an interesting time. Um, Portland at that time, this is in 19, uh, uh, probably 1963, 1964. And Portland was interesting in the sense that where I was going to school and where I was working in an old knitting factory, um, I would work at night in a knit knitting factory. And, um, and when I got off work, um, there were all these underground clubs in Portland along the Willamette River. And, and like, Sunk, sunken down. You mean and, literally underground? Under well, there were there were basement clubs. Yeah, yeah, and and it was it was this strange. First of all, I didn't know what a hippie was because I I wasn't one at the, at least at that point, uh -huh. and I didn't really know what a beatnik was. And it was a it was like a meeting of of those two subcultures. I yeah. guess you would call them. Do you have like a quick Cliff Notes version for uh, the? Millennial and Gen Z listeners, uh, what what is what is your definition of uh, what is the Venn diagram of beatnik and 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 hippie? Well, beatnik, I I mean you know in the sense that beatnik to me was reading poetry, okay, and Great. and probably smoking marijuana also, but Great. you know that whole scene of uh, staying up all night and reading poetry and and playing music. So there was a lot of music there too. Yeah. Um, where, where were these clubs? They're right along the, you know, it's been so long ago, I don't really exactly yeah. remember where they are. And I tried to retrace that at some point, and I couldn't really figure that out. Hmm. Um, in fact, even the fact, the knitting factory that I worked in, I, I wasn't really able to find it. But, um, yeah, so then, yeah, so that was... It's really hard for me to imagine uh, Portland being like a town of... Uh, industry where knitting factories are because uh, it's all just like tech bros now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's nice to hear about that past well it yeah. wasn't yeah it wasn't a real tough job i had to watch these uh, knitting machines that had multiple needles all the way around them and i just watching for them to jump a needle and then i turned the machine off and re-thread it and yeah. started over and uh, that was my job. That sounds like a good job. Yeah, it kept me in school, so that was good. Did you bring your mandolin ever? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I carried it around, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, those days, it was my influences were, what, the Kingston Trio. Uh, sure. Um, you know, um, I mean, there were a number of bands at that point. Were, uh, yeah, it was your introduction to the idea of the mandolin or to playing, like, this like like acoustic folky music was it was it because of um the sort of pop revival of folk music at the time if you're listening to kingston trio mm -hmm. things probably yeah probably but um at the same time the, Be the beatles were on their way and um you know that all overlapped also so right. so i think it wasn't until i went back to california from there that the whole idea of traditional music came about in the meeting of Kenny Hall. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I was wondering when so the that, character of Kenny Hall would enter the story. Yeah, yeah. so that was um, that was a kind of a that was an interesting thing. I basically um, I, so I needed a job when I went back to California. This was in in uh, Clovis, California, and uh, so. Um, I, I got a job selling uh, life insurance. This is a really exciting part of my life here. And uh, <laughs> that didn't last very long because I, I ended up uh, driving into a gas station one day. And it's like it's like, like that those things in your life where you're going one direction and all of a sudden you make a quick right turn or left turn. Yeah. And it completely changes your life. I met this, this um, a man who is now a friend of mine. Dennis Scott, and he was working in the station. He said, oh, Amanda Lynn in the back of your car. You want to play a tune? And so we went in the back of the gas station because he wasn't really busy at, but that I remember. And we sat down and started playing tunes. And then he wow. said, "Then he said, I want, I want you to meet this man named Kenny Hall. He lives out in the country and um, I'll take you out there and we'll go check it out. So went to Centerville, California, out in the country. And Kenny was Kenny and his wife Kathy were living in a trailer at the time, and I remember him falling out of the trailer. He 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 uh, opened the door and kind of slid out of the trailer, and it's like fell down on the ground and got back up and dusted himself off. And and uh, then he sat down, you know, sat, we sat down with him and played tunes, and that for me went on for quite a number of years so you never left the gas station uh yeah i left no we left the gas station we were we were now in centerville and um yeah and uh i just had so many wonderful times with kenny he was he was tremendous tremendous person interesting person um had a, an incredible memory uh, knew so many, so many tunes. He used to have uh, tune-offs with some of his friends to see who could run out, who would run out of tunes first. And he'd all, he always won. Yeah. And uh, he moved. Um, then he moved into an orange orchard, um, living with his wife Kathy and um, a couple other guys in the, in a little wooden shack in the middle of a, a middle of an orange orchard. And a lot of people from Berkeley, players from Berkeley, would come up and visit him and so there were just there were people around hmm. and so i started taking um a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder to his house and recording him and then taking the taking it home and slowing it down so it went do 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 and i'm sitting there with this bullback mandolin that i can't hold on to yeah. trying to find those notes <laughs> He was playing mandolin too. At that he time. was playing mandolin, yeah. and he was playing a potato bug or a bullback. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. With Kenny, he sat it on his knee like that. So a lot of people. I mean, when I tried to hold on, if I wanted to hold my mandolin, I know this isn't visual, but uh, in my lap, um, it would just roll around. I couldn't hang on to yeah. it. But he would hold it there on his knee. Uh, so like on his left knee, mm -hmm. while he's playing, he yes. would hold it there? Right. And he would play with his thumb. What? And his forefinger. Wow. And he would play, uh, he drank buttermilk all the time. He swore that that's, that's what uh, made his fingernails so strong. <laughs> and he would... He's, and sure. He, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes sense. He would say it's, you know, it's, it's the, way, the way to keep my fingernails strong. So he would... He would thump it, if you ever listen to his music, and there's a lot of it around that you could listen to, he'd thump it on the bottom and then had a little uh, four pattern with his forefinger, uh, fingernail. Yeah. And then when he wore that one out, he would play with his middle finger. Interesting. When he wore that one out, he'd play with his third finger. And when he wore that one out, he would uh, play the fiddle. He would. Because <laughs> <laughs> his fingernails were gone. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how did he, like, play lines like how did he melody do melody lines yeah melody lines how would he do that uh well i can't do it so i can't right do it for you but you saw it happen oh yeah uh, many yeah. times w would he do a waggle with one finger or was the thumb would he switch the thumb in there to get uh, melody notes thumb would switch yeah. yeah yeah not just get the bass no no. Okay, but that was his base. That's where he that's held. where he anchored. He anchored oh, on the string. Interesting. Itself. And then would like thump it, and then and he had 
Yeah, that was his pattern. Are there videos that exist of his yeah. play? Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, you can Google him and find there's stuff online uh, with him playing. So you didn't feel uh, inspired to try to learn his, his style? I, d- I tried. I tried for a long time. And Has I- anyone else tried yes, to do that? Yeah, there's a, there's a, um, a friend of mine uh, in Fresno named Terry Barrett. And Terry did an apprenticeship with Kenny and and played exactly like Kenny did. Mm. And, and he's still playing a lot. He's, he's a fine player. Um, so, yeah. Then, and there, I'm sure there are some other people who've done it, too. But I don't know who they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's play another tune, and then I have a lot more, a lot more questions. But okay. what should we do next? Got a tune there, Maya? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to tell me what it is, are you? I'm trying to think of the old, <laughs> the old hometown band. Oh, Sweet tunes. <laughs> yeah. Not that you have to tunes. keep it sweet. You can get rowdy at any point, but it's been really <laughs> sweet tunes for sweethearts so far. <laughs> this is great. What is that one called? It's called the old hometown band. The old hometown band. Sort of. It's us. It's a. Uh, it's actually a tune that that was collected in a book, and it's in there twice. Um, in one 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 of them's called the old town band. The other yeah. one's called the hometown band, uh-huh. and so when it when I think it was James Bryan who well maybe not 
Well, anyway, it's been making the rounds hmm. uh, several years ago, and and since they're basically the same tune, they yeah. just combined the title. Perfect. So uh, you can look up either one. They they're almost identical in the book. It comes from a Pennsylvania collection. Oh, interesting. I'm pretty sure. Like uh, the yeah, is it the Dance to the Fiddle one? I think so. March yeah, Dance to the Fiddle. March cool. The I haven't yeah. played that. I'm pretty sure. Tune for. I mean, you know, it's I, I hard to get a hold. <laughs> it's hard to get a hold of the book. Yeah. But they uh, recent. Well, not that recently, but they're the. A lot of the recordings are on YouTube. Yeah. And it's it's a really hard to actually index them because it's by player, and so you have to know who plays the tune. Right in the first place right. and then you go in and it's like you know this 45 minute youtube video or something that's only audio so you have to like find where it is within the video to anyway to cross-reference that too right. so yeah it takes a little hunting but you know yeah old-time musicians are dedicated yeah. to that sort of thing so <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> maybe it makes it even more enticing when it's a little harder to find <laughs> <laughs> we like a little bit of hard to uh, playing hard to get exactly with the sources sure <laughs> so carrie i wanted to ask you um what was kenny's relationship with uh to transmitting melody uh did he play fiddle tunes on the mandolin did was his how did he interpret the melody and then um what of his playing did you hold on to and what it, in which ways did you stray other than just that you use a pick? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did a lot of straying actually. Uh, but Kenny, yeah. I mean, Kenny played uh, tunes pretty, what he considered straightforward. Um, I, I think because he um, begin, he began learning tunes in the blind school in Berkeley, Berkeley blind school. And he, um, he used to trade his trade with his teacher. His teacher would he tr well he first tried to play his bowlback mandolin on his shoulder, like you would like you would play a because he was supposed to be taking violin lessons from Mrs. Bigelow. So so he would uh, he'd stick his mandolin up on his shoulder and yeah. Mrs. Bigelow would tell him you know tell you what if you if you learn a tune on the fiddle then I'll they'll let you learn some tunes on the mandolin. So yeah. I think there was some kind of restriction there but he he played he had a huge huge collection um of tunes there's a book out i don't know if you've seen the book but there's a book yep. out of of his of the songs that he played and and there you know there there may be there, there are probably people who disagree with his version of of a tune but he he was like any human being he interpreted what he heard yeah I always think that's it. funny when people disagree with versions of tunes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, was yeah. he from the like the Berkeley area? Yes. And so, how did how was he ex how was he exposed to traditional music? Um, I'm sure that there were plenty of people playing traditional music down there as well, but I feel it's like it's an area that gets a bit erased. Well, he yeah. There's a great story about about how he learned his tunes. I mean, he, I, I was once on stage with him at, at the Portland old time old time uh, gathering, and and I said to Kenny on stage, I said, um, you know, the, Kenny had a chest. What he said was a chest high stack of seventy eight records. And I said, yeah, but Kenny, they were all about an inch thick, right? He said, no, they weren't. And, um, and oh, I didn't say inch thick. I said they were all about this thick. And yeah. he said, no, they weren't that thick. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> and that was his original source. And he, he didn't only play old time music. He played, you know, he'd play Mexican music. He'd play, you know, he, he just loved melodies. And so he picked up melodies wherever he went. Um, so that was, that was a pretty interesting influence that well, he had on me. And you've, we've heard stories from you and from Harry as well of like, oh, we learned this from Kenny. And then years and years later you find out, oh, maybe he got it from this source or that source. Yeah. And yeah. There was Cause he never talked about sources. Yeah. Really. I mean, he talked about his records, but, um, but he never really talked about who actually, where the tune actually came. I mean, he did sometimes, but 
not very often. Sounds like that was he would just sit not down. As interesting to him. He would just sit yeah. down and take off, you know, yeah. and play tune after tune after tune after tune. It was and it was <laughs> a great way to learn. It really was. Huh. Um, and so the stray for me was yeah. uh, the stray for me was much later because I um, I traveled. So Kenny didn't like uh, he didn't like traveling that much. He liked to stay in the San Joaquin Valley where it was nice and hot. He wanted it to be as hot as it could be. So he would stay there. And so I traveled. There was a band called the Sweet Smell String Band, which Kenny was an original impetus for. And it was Kenny Hall and Sweet, Sweet Smell String Band. And then the, the four, there were four of us, Harry Leedstrand on fiddle and Ron Tinkler on banjo and Jim Ringer on guitar. And um, Larry Hanks played in that band a little bit, who now lives in Portland. So uh, we formed this thing called the Portable Folk Festival and got in a bus, like a Ken Kesey bus, and uh, during the hip in the early early seventies, and traveled across the country playing coffee houses, oh, festivals. Cool. Yeah, it was an incredible experience for all of us. Um, just many many things that happened. We played uh, we played on the mall in D.C. one time, and there was. Um, Highwoods string band was playing at the same time. They're friends of ours, and we uh, there was uh, there was a plan amongst the crowd, which was massive, that they were going to have a smoke in. So um, obviously, marijuana was not legal in those days. Yeah, and so uh, the organizer of the festival came to us and said get on stage do whatever you can so we started a dance we started a dance song and got everybody dancing and kind of avoided the circle of police and on horseback around this crowd so i always felt like we kind of saved that day a little interesting. bit interesting you think that the the activity and like the like there was something about the way that everyone was engaged in having fun that was like this isn't loitering that we can break up like it was somehow deterrent from them getting involved, the police. Yeah, I think it was. I think when people started dancing, they thought, you know, and, uh, and I'm sure there was still a lot of, a lot of marijuana that was being spoke, smoked, and and but yeah. but, it was uh, yeah, it just calmed the whole situation down. Interesting. It was it was pretty nice. Huh. I wonder if it, if any of that had to do with. I mean, were was it like a square dance? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder just, if like the. Not uniformity, to... but like <laughs> everyone hard to smoke while you're smoke dancing. While you're... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it, I mean, there were many experiences on that trip. One of the ones I looked at this photograph. We were at a festival called um, Fox Hollow in north in north northern part of New York State, and um, and I was I took some pictures there of some friends of mine playing music. And um, later, when I started studying different fiddlers, early fiddlers, um, I, I realized I was looking at these photographs and I realized that over the shoulder of a good friend of mine was Taylor Kimball, who was, and Stella, and he, they were sitting there playing a tune. I had no idea who they were and probably never heard them at the festival. And later, in in studying their their tunes i love their style and and their the, the tunes that they played so there were things like that i mean i was so naive and and uh um yeah so an interaction that i had somewhat recently with um it's actually with um wb reed mm -hmm. you know wb yeah um he uh he and bonnie were, were hosting me and um he said something that I thought was really generous that I haven't heard a lot of other uh, people of his generation tell to me before, which was that you all, meaning like people of my generation and younger, you have it really hard. It's really hard for you to make money and to, and to like pay rent. In the 70s, there were different, differently challenging things, but we barely worked and we spent most of our time partying and playing music yeah. and we could yeah. do things like get a bus and go across the country. And <laughs> exactly. Well, I used to talk, talk to my friend, Harry Leedstrand and, and we made a pact 
because we were pretty close in those days and we lived together for some time and I uh, we made this pact that uh, we were gonna take our retirement up front and then just work for the rest <laughs> of our lives well he didn't stick to it. He retired actually at some point. So, but um, technically, you did too. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did too. Yeah, but no, that's really true. I mean, it was it was probably much easier to to just have an idea of what you want to do with your music and then travel with it. And, yeah, and um, meet starve. meet just wonderful people really? all over the country. Yeah, it was quite. A, it was a wonderful experience. Well, I have, you know, some feelings of, of, of jealousy that, you know, I didn't get to experience some of those things because of, I don't know, the way things are now. But I'm, I also feel really grateful that so much mixing and sharing and may, maybe some theft as well, but like that all of that happened uh, and was so thoroughly uh, revived and created. Yeah. Um, I'm always interested in collecting those stories. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about that. Well, let's play another tune. Okay. What is this adorable little bird? It's a, is it a campsite thief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He likes it in here. He's been in here before. Okay. How I think about, he's a junko. How about that Portsmouth Airs that I, I learned Portsmouth off of Harry? Yeah. So this is a, this is a tune that I, I think, I'm not sure who he learned it from. I well, I think say, he maybe. said that he learned it from Kenny, but, yeah. but. He only recently discovered who Kenny got it from, and now I can't place who that was. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Let's play uh, that. Yeah. Let's sure. see if I can if I can jump on again. So
Well, that was just two great guitar players. But yeah, I know. <laughs> we should have put their heads in. Where did I go? Right here. Want to play a guitar tune with us? I'll play this guitar. Oh, okay. <laughs> great. Well, well, special. Is guys. that right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't make anyone sign anything, but I'll, <laughs> I'll just make sure that he knows that he's on oh. record. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to be on a record. <laughs> Not on a record, but no, on, record. on record. Yeah. Um, they told me about you last night. Oh, good. Uh, I'm Cameron. I'm Clyde. Good to meet you. Um, this yeah. is Clyde Curley. You probably want to interview us. him at some point, too. Um, absolutely. First, I want to know where your ice chest is, because I'm needing to make a donation. There's one right here. <laughs> right there. Right. You're, you're almost yeah. in it. Um, I'm going to bring us back, back in. Okay? Okay. Yeah, there's something I'd like to talk what I particularly like to talk about. And Perfect. that is the transition from the way that I played originally and um, my influence through Red Dog um, span that I played with, Doug Yule and Tom Collicott. Oh, very good. Yeah. So we had we had talked a little bit before about uh -huh. we should talk about your experience playing, yeah. playing with them. Yeah. yeah. It's more the effect that they had on me. I yeah. Think, you know. Well, so, yeah. Speak on that. We're okay. on record now. Yeah. Good. Oh, we're on record. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, I started cross-tuning. Because, okay. yeah. So a controversial both, thing, maybe, for a mandolinist to do? Yeah, it seemed to be at the time. Yeah. I don't know if it's... I, I don't <laughs> think it still is. I, I've heard a number of different people who have, who are cross-tuning their mandolins. But, um, yeah, it was different. And, and the most obvious thing about it being different is that um, I have, one of my mandolins is tuned A-E-A-E, -E, which is... Um, when people hear that I'm doing that, they maybe cringe a little. Yeah, they freak out a it little seems bit. Seems like because, an enormous amount of tension. And then they say, well, "So are you putting light strings on um, on the on the mandolin?" And I don't. I I use tomastic uh, hard strings. Okay. Uh, flat wound hard strings. Okay. Um, and I've tried lots of other strings, and that seems to be the one that I keep going back to. Yeah. So um, so this one's tuned. Uh, GDGD -G -D okay. right now. Yeah. And but then, you can take this one up to yeah, ADHD AD, when you need. Yeah, ADHD. I take this one up and um, <laughs> and that one's in the AEAE. -E. Yeah. And, um, and when you're in D. And well, it's GDGD. -G -D. Yeah. And you haven't had any um explosions yet. No, nothing has nothing has come flying apart except yeah. sometimes my hat flies off. But that's <laughs> about I it. Worry about the top sinking. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so far, it's so far we're okay. So what what inspired you to start doing that? It was the old, the old time. So um, Harry and I, Harry Leedstrand and I traveled um, back east and we visited um, Burl Hammonds and we visited Tommy Gerald. Yeah, with, great. You know, a lot, which a lot of people have touched you. Yeah, got through <laughs> the years. And we, we recorded them one degree and one then degree. came back with these recordings and and I, 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 so I'm trying to play with the sound of their tunes, not so much um, the particular melody, but just the the feel, right, of their tunes. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it out in standard tuning. So then I learned about cross tuning and I tried it, and it was for me the closest I could get to the to the sound that I was listening to. Yeah, um, with Burl and, and Tommy. I really like this idea because um, you're talking about the energy of the tune maybe being more important to the transmission of the tune, the life of the tune, the idea of the tune, than the individual notes well, itself. I think they're all important. Of course. But, um, yeah. But just because you play the exact same uh, lines as, like, the fiddlers who you want to... Um, get in sync with right, doesn't right. mean that you're going to have the same energy right. and there is a certain kind of restraint that comes from not Be having a cross-tuned instrument right being in standard tuning yeah and um you know and and it also for me like playing with Maya playing with Clyde um when he's playing the fiddle um it gives me my own my own property to to try to work with and and maneuver and manipulate and and hopefully make it sound a little different but but maybe a little more authentic i don't know i mean it's not authentic for a mandolin to be cross-tuned i don't think so 
Um, it raises an what interesting, is authenticity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, whether it is or not, my impression is that it sounds authentic. Yeah. So what is is? Yeah. I don't know, but it sounds yeah. it sounds right, even though it may you may not have a historical reference for it. Right. Or right. a model from mm -hmm. the old days. Mm -hmm. It just mm -hmm. sounds good. Yep. It sounds like the real thing. At, at a certain point, if you have a good enough counterfeit, oh. you've made your own currency. To me, <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you have a good enough counter player, yeah, um, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Because I'm not a lead. I'm, I, I don't lead with my mandolin. I, I try to push things sometimes or, or liven them or hold back from them, from what the fiddle is doing to, to add tension to the tune. And yeah. that's what I'm thinking about most of the time when I'm playing is yeah. what can I do to make this tune feel alive? Interesting. Add yeah, it's almost tension to the tune. Add tension. What does that mean? That means um, uh, counterpoint. Clyde's doing my job for me. This is great. I'm just gonna relax. <laughs> keep to going. Me, keep to going. Me it's <laughs> counterpoint. I don't know. That might not be correct, but um, uh, uh, not hitting the notes all at the same time, hitting them off, being ahead of it or behind it, mm -hmm. all of that mm -hmm. um, has it seems important to me. It's, it seems like you almost have like when you sit down to a jam. Or when you're maybe arranging with a band, like almost like you're thinking, like like you're a producer. It's like what are what are the what are the gaps in this that I can sort of fill in in each moment? Yeah, I don't feel like a producer, but I but I do but I do feel like I uh, I have I have a need for a for a good fiddler um, mm. to make make it work for me. Yeah. And hopefully for them, or hopefully it doesn't interrupt. Sure. <laughs> if I haven't learned the tune yet, then probably. Well, there's will. another obvious thing, and that is you're using a flat pick, so there's a lot of staccato. Yep. Um, and so yeah. it's percussive. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost like a, a, a little drum, a wee drum inside that thing. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. The percussive. I remember sort of. somebody here said that all of these instruments are drums, basically. <laughs> They're all <laughs> drums. Um, Except the fiddle flows. It does. Know, it does. So that's a little different. This is a pick that I use, and it, it's tortoiseshell, and uh, and it's hard as a rock. Wait, can I feel? It? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Hard. Yeah, and uh, there's a fella in um, Seattle who takes old Victorian combs and um, found found tortoiseshell because obviously it's against the law to right to have it, but it, he has a booklet of. 300 picks of every hmm. thinness thickness shape it's pretty amazing the catalog yeah it's a whole catalog of it with uh, maybe 20 pages with maybe 30 picks on each side of the page so he's got and he goes to festivals and travels around so what is it about playing with uh red dog is it red dog String band? Yeah, it was yeah. called the Red Great. Dog String. The string Red Dog String Band. Yeah. That's always do you choose the article to add the article officially yeah. or not? Is that the I think the it was just called Red, Red Dog, Dog pretty much. Yeah. 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 So what was it about playing with those folks that um made you want to start uh cross tuning your your mandolin? Because you, you mentioned meeting Burl Hammonds and, and Tommy right, Gerald right. and trying to replicate that sound. Um, but you also said that being in this group specifically was. Yeah, I think it's because Doug Yule um, was uh, who who is a former rock and roller uh, turned to luthier and he he makes wonderful fiddles, violins. Um, and I spent a lot of time with him, you know, watching him um, carve out the tops of of, or some time with him, probably not as much as I would have liked to, but uh, um, yeah, I think, and, and his choice of tunes had a lot to do with it, because he played a lot of, he was in cross-tuning a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And he liked to play um, um, a lot of A tunes in cross G. Um, we called it Melico. Melico, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's where he preferred to play. So huh. that you know that just that was the impetus for me to specifically a tunes that maybe would be played in standard A or no, cross, cross cross A cross A down in, in cross G. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. 
I like that sound too. Yeah. I feel like there might be some kind of con I feel like I hear that more out here on the West Coast. Do you think so too? I'm yeah, I do. seeing some nodding from Maya. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, our good friend Dave Marshall, who's not here, plays a lot of cross A tunes and cross G. Almost every time I've played yeah. with him, he's wanted to put the fiddle in cross G. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly like it when I'm fiddling because I don't know how to make the fiddle calm down when I'm fiddling. So <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to <laughs> get some help. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little brass. I mean, I still love playing cross A. I, yeah. I, there's a, a vibrancy of cross A that I, I really like a lot. But yeah. I don't know if we're going to play some cross A, but. We're going to take it up. Not at this moment, okay. I don't think. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess we're not going to do that. But. Let's play another tune, and then um, between the last two tunes of the show is usually where I ask my guests, do you have anything that you want to sell? Are there places to find your recordings? Things like that. So we mm -hmm. can get into that uh, afterwards. But what, do you, okay. what should we play first? <laughs> uh, yeah, so what would you like? You know, it looks like I'm the fifth wheel here as far as this sound here. So maybe I should just back off and let you guys. No, I don't. Think oh, I think you were specifically invited uh, so that we'd have some some uh, low end. Yeah. Well, here's the low end. You're the fourth wheel. It's necessary oh. <laughs> in this car. There are, there are four. Here. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not warmed up. So maybe that's. There's a tune I learned from you um, from uh, the Carry Files. Uh huh. In G. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, that's a good one. Can you sing it? Sing the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of either Obama's March or there's a baby then, I suppose. I could do that. Okay. I'm With, trying to, I know the one that Clyde's talking about, but now I can't. How's it go? Yeah, I'm not sure. What was the second one? Baby Ben. So that one hasn't been on the show before. Yeah. No? Obama's happened maybe twice ever, which I'd be totally down to do that, but I yeah. don't know that twice tune. Twice ever. Ben. Well, let's, yeah. let's do Baby Ben. Okay, yeah. how's it go? <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Okay, Ma. Okay, care. Okay, care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Baby Ben. Baby Ben. You seem to know that tune already. I don't know that tune. <laughs> I still don't know it. <laughs> pretty good. To but me. I know some of the corners of the tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a special tune. Yeah. This has been one of the most relaxing jams I've been in in a long time. <laughs> That's the reason I like to play with these guys. They're always so relaxed. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Can't help this. Should see you me talk about tension. There's no tension. Here. No tension. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, Carrie, thanks so much for doing this and let me letting me spring this on you and saying yes. It's so great. Thank you very much, Cameron. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, every time a um, a mandolinist uh, talks to me who listens to Get Up in the Cool, they get really excited. Anytime that there is mandolin representation on the oh, yeah. show, and for all of the mandolinists to um, get to hear other mandolinists talk about how they decide to um, interface with old time music, mm -hmm. with the sort mm -hmm. of floating roles yep. of what is expected or what isn't expected of mandolin players, and I love the perspective that you bring. Brought, thank you. That you brought. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah. And it was a pleasure to have Maya and and yeah. And this gentleman right here, Mr. Curley. Is is your us. name Clyde Curley? My name is Clyde Curley. Clyde Curley. Thank yeah. Thanks for jumping in. That's yep. the name. Yeah. Well yeah, I'm very glad to do it. Yeah. Well before we play our last non bonus track tune, uh where do people go to learn more about um Red Dog String Band. Are, are there? They have to come to my house. I okay. have a stack of CDs that are. Like, <laughs> are there digitized copies of Red Dog String Band? There's there's some some online. There's um, I'm I'm not sure what's available right now. Yeah. I mean the band hasn't been together for a while. Right. But you yeah. have a stack of CDs. Oh, I do. Do I you have... mail the CDs out? I would mail them to anybody. Okay, great. Yes. Cool. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you would like people to? know about uh the, the directions to send people in for um i don't know if there's kenny hall recordings that you would recommend like well, there, where, you, where people yeah. could hear his playing sweet or? small string bands uh cds are still available oh great um they were not cds in the beginning but they oh, were, yeah they're real to re i mean not real to real but uh vinyl but but yeah you can uh those are still available online yeah. so and you I said that he was know, or a lot of people know about Kenny. You said that he was originally a part of that band, but he he was always a part always. of that band, yeah. but he didn't travel in the Portable Folk Festival. So gotcha. what we were traveling with um was a Kennyless version. A Kennyless version of it. And uh you know, and I think also the fact that Kenny was such a strong player that that had a big influence on the way that I approach my instrument also. That's why I like being around talented people who can, mm. who can lead, and I can, um, you know, kind of screw around in the background, yeah, and have fun. So. Well, I, yeah, I always want to, yeah, talk more to people who um, want to fill fill gaps in support uh, in string band settings, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think those perspectives are really important. Yes, and uh, sometimes get a bit sidelined. Which may, you know, maybe by definition they are sort of on on the side, but I think they're. they're I want to bring them to the center. So, thanks for humoring me there. Sure, absolutely. What should we play for our final tune? Oh, we we there was a request. Well, yeah, yeah you yeah, mentioned that Lee's Retreat. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, Lee's Retreat. Lee's Retreat from Gettysburg. It's an Absy Morrison tune. Absy Morrison. Absy Morrison, the champion fiddler of Arkansas, I believe. Okay. I did not know. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's two tunes of his that have similar names and I'll try not to get them confused yeah. here. <laughs> was this a, um, was this a tune that has, um, is, is it a point and laugh at Lee or is it a, um, empathy for Lee? Um, so in the, in the field recording, he says something about how his wife's grandfather, I believe, was there on the one side of the battle, and his own grandfather was there on the other side of the battle, and yeah, they were all right there. The and sad story in the Civil War. Civil yeah. War, indeed, brothers fighting so brothers. The the tune is maybe more about this happened as opposed to necessarily. I think so. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I, it seems somewhat melancholy to me, but. Uh, right but i don't know a retreat in yeah there's a lot of 
I mean, there's a lot of feelings to be had. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll try to um, uh, instrumentally editorialize in the way that I want to, <laughs> and you I'll all can do the same. <laughs> well, okay. and, and I'll, I'll try to retreat. And yeah. I'll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Clyde. I'm not sure if we've played this together before. We have not played this together. But so that'll I got be it from interesting. The files. I haven't backed it up, but I learned to play it on fiddle. All right. So. Well, there's a. We'll see. We'll see what you do on the guitar. The carry files are. Oh, uh, do you think there's there are challenges in this? No, there. No, it's not very challenging at all. But there are choices. <laughs> so we'll see. It's a test. Okay. Um, the, the carry files are worked. recordings, uh, festival recordings that Dave Marshall um, took off of my recorder and. Put, and put together mm. and sent out to a lot. A They're mostly from Centralia. Uh, what what, what year was that? 2015? 2015, yeah. Truth yeah. is out there. Yeah, so. <laughs> Where are you from? Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. My old stomping grounds. Yeah, apparently carries as well. Yeah. yeah. Longer I mean, ago. Did some stomping. school there. There. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I don't think you I miss it. This. You'll have to listen. You'll have to listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Find out. Yeah. Yeah. Learn about yeah. Carrie's story. Okay. Let's see if I can remember okay. this. Too. Okay. Great. And, yeah. And th th special thanks to Maya. Hopefully, future guest of the show. If I've made a good impression. <laughs>
You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Make sure to follow Tall Poppy String Band on social media for tour dates and announcements. Our Colorado tour starts tonight, Wednesday, August 10th. We hope to see you here tonight in Boulder or at any of the rest of our shows on this tour. Check tallpoppystringband.com slash shows. Check the link in the show notes for Get Up in the Cool merch and rep your favorite old-time podcast at the next Fiddler's Convention. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional claw hammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>